Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Average to Lead Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and on today's show, we have JJ Evans. JJ is a footballer working his way through the professional ranks to achieve uh, top-flight footballing status to play in the uh, Premier League, which is absolutely incredible. So I've been working with JJ for the last couple of years, and uh, he's an absolutely awesome implementer and operator and you're going to get a huge amount of insight and inspiration to plug and play into your own um, life and athletic development plan. So we basically go into a lot of detail with regards to his approach for training day, rest day, game day minus one, game day, his recovery measures. Um, We also look at his lifestyle factors and how he basically approaches his day-to-day and week-to-week to get the best out of himself so you can best play on the weekend. So this is an absolutely awesome episode, huge amount of information to take away from this. So hope you guys enjoy. Uh, so let's get into today's show. JJ, hope all as well. Thank you for very much for your time and for coming on the podcast today. I really, really value and appreciate it, mate. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Absolutely awesome. So what I'd love to do today is basically delve into you and your nutrition uh, and what essentially you are doing to make sure you are performing at your best on a weekly basis. So we've been working together now for just over two years. It's two years, one a week. Um, so it'd be absolutely amazing just to kind of just, again, just explore and hopefully give the listeners some insight and inspiration on how you are implementing the nutrition principles to a very high standard. So I know um, from day one working with you, the progression you've done is I made is absolutely incredible in terms of your own physical development, your your mindset, your outlook and everything. And yeah, it's just an absolute honor and a privilege to have you on to, to chat about it. So let's get let's get straight into it. So I, I clearly know who you are uh, from the last couple of years working together. But for the uh, listeners who may not, um, who are you? Yeah, so I'm JJ. I'm out of Crisco, Maryland. Um, I'm 22 years old. And what I want to do is just make my first break into full-time professional football. Um, I've been playing this past fall. I'd played for a non-league club and I wasn't wasn't fully able to continue because of a couple of visa requirements. So that's where I am right now. Awesome. So when we first started working together, you were with, I live in uh, this part of the world in Leeds in the UK. Um, so just to kind of take a step back from there, what made you sort of come over from the US to Leeds just to kind of Paint the picture. I played one year of college soccer in the States, and then um, I got in touch with a couple of people over in Leeds, actually, and then they introduced me to an international academy, um, and then I continued there, and I've always had, like, a like a burning desire to play in England, and that's always been kind of like my kind of like my small little vision for it, um, and then, obviously, when I came over there, like, fitness was a whole new kind of demand. It was a bit different style of play in terms of running and stuff, so that's when I that's when I started looking more into nutrition. Absolutely amazing. So in terms of like the long-term, big picture, big vision goal, what were you aiming for? So what I, whenever I think of like a big overall vision, like I really believe in the fact that, you know, you, you got to shoot for the stars or you never reach the sky. So like when I see my big vision, I think of, right, like I want to go to the Premier League, like just like every other, probably every other kid. 
Um, and then you kind of work backwards from that. So in terms of working backwards from the problem, you've got to build your way up into professional football in the first place. So when I think of the long-term goal from that, to me, long-term goals are kind of six months at a time. So in terms of what's in my direct control, in terms of the long-term, it's more like athleticism, athleticism goals. Um, so I've been working with uh, a guy that was actually on your podcast, Jack Clark. Um, he's We've been looking a lot of on like linear speed, like linear sprint speed and a lot of overall strength things. And that's really played a big role into how like the game is played in terms of my overall fitness. Very cool. So obviously we've been working on your IDP, your individual development plan. Um, and I know how detailed you have split everything down into. So could you just give us a, a brief overview uh, of what kind of perhaps the key core areas are there and um, how you kind of approach everything? Yeah, so definitely the first key core area that's like in my control, and especially with you as well as Jack, it's like the overall sprint speed because everybody knows that for a footballer, like being fast is a really key area. So that's definitely one short-term goal. Um, we've been measuring that with GPS fast, so like doing sprints by like meters per second. So I'm averaging at like 8.9 meters per second. Um, the highest I've ever gotten is 9.12. Um, so that long-term goal for that in six months' time would be small little gains like 9.5 by mid-July or something. Um, another key core area, which is more of like a consistency type thing is obviously my nutrition. That's more of like the consistent basis. So that will always be in IDP framework. Um, it's just like quality nutrient-dense foods, um, eating my carbs when on the days that I need them, um, like, you know, getting higher, getting lower, depending on the day. And then the next key core area, and I've changed this quite a bit, uh, sometimes I have it as overall strength in the gym. Sometimes it's actually technicality. So I think it depends on whether I'm in season or off season. Overall strength kind of goes with linear sprint speed because that kind of breaks off into that because they correlate. Um, technicality is a lot of things that I can do with my control. So a lot of juggling my free time, um, doing a lot of work on my opposite foot because um, I'm left footed. So I'll do a lot of work on my right foot and things like that. Yeah, cool. So I know um, what was really good is that you almost built your support team around you. Obviously, you have myself looking at the nutrition side of things. You have Jack um, looking at the S&C and development side of things there. Also work with sports psychologists. So you, and you've got like your technical, technical guys as well to help you. So literally every area of your toolbox, you have something there to work on and develop, uh, which is really, really cool. And it's just nice to see you doing this from such a young age and giving yourself the best possible chance uh, for the best possible outcome moving forward. So just, um, like, I guess, from like a mindset perspective, they, like what made you kind of reach out and look at these different areas? Uh, to be 100% honest, I've been really keen on like the fitness side of things. So the first person I reached out to or was actually told from by another person was you. And then I've always been kind of interested in the nutritional side of things. Like I've used my fitness pile and stuff like that. Macros weren't correct whatsoever. And we'll probably dive into that. But, um, and then when I got into things with you, that's when everything started branching off. I really started making some quantum leaps in my football, but I looked a lot into Ronaldo. I know how he built like basically a whole, whole team around him. And I know a lot of other professional footballers are doing it. And I mean, if you look at the guy, I mean, hard work shows. So that's kind of how I, how I got into it. Yeah, success leaves clues. So yeah, that yeah. Is absolutely, that's absolutely awesome. So we kind of painted the picture of where we are now and where we want to get to being premature footballer. 
which is absolutely cool. And we've got our IDP, which is broken down into every kind of six months uh, to help us move closer to that. So a little bit of pit stops every six months, we reassess, we reflect what went well, what didn't go well, and then what we need to do, do to fine tune and move forward. So that's really cool. And we're always doing this every six months to make sure everything is progressing nicely. So I'm not just saying, I want to be a uh, premature footballer and, um, you know, that, that hopefully we'll get there at some point. There's like a strategic plan in place there, which is absolutely awesome. So in terms of the athletic goals at the moment, you mentioned you're looking at your strength, looking at your speed and developing this. Is there anything in particular you're doing to help support that? Yes. So like we're doing a lot of tracking with the GPS fest. Um, so if I was, so if I was in season, I would do flying sprints, which is like pre-training. Jack would have me do like a couple like max speed sprints, but we would have to do plyometrics before that to warm up. That is just to constantly measure the overall sprint speed. Big thing why I'm doing this isn't just to increase sprint speed, but to actually make sure I'm consistently running properly. Um, Cause I used to, I have struggled with a lot of injuries and it's actually helping me like engage my hamstrings and glutes a lot more. And I haven't, like this past Christmas is the first time I've came home without having a, an injury or any type of tweak. So that's been a huge, huge plus. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's cool. We had, uh, like I said, we had Jack on the podcast in season two and yeah, he's uh, <laughs> pretty straight to the point in terms of <laughs> running te- technique and uh, yeah, injury or minimizing the risk of injury and everything in between. So yeah, he, he was absolutely awesome to listen to and it's great that you two are connected and working together now and get nice improvements in terms of your robustness and yeah, your speed as well. So that that is absolutely cool. So at the moment, you're kind of in this kind of off-season transition period. Um, apart from the speed work, is there anything you're looking at improving from perhaps a body composition perspective, whether it's building muscle, dropping body fat? What's the kind of goal there at the moment? Yes, so definitely constantly increase the, the muscle building process because we've been in muscle growth stage for, I would say, the past year. I think I think actually a year from last January. Um, yeah, January. And I've gained, I want to say about... 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. I think that was just about that. Um, obviously, as you post on your Instagram too, I was very tiny. I was skinny. And now I've built like the physique that I've wanted. So you, you can kind of say like a maintenance stage, but I do want to keep those calories high because it's actually helped me tons with my performance on the pitch. Um, I do want to constantly build muscle because I'm still getting faster. So that's kind of the stage I'm in right now. And that's the cool thing as well. You're getting faster, but you're also getting heavier as well. Which is yes. really cool because what you may see maybe nine times out of ten with many team sport athletes is that they'll put on muscle mass but then or weight and they'll actually get slower and therefore they are essentially less effective. So you've been able to still continue building mass and continue increasing your speed. So that is really, really cool. And one of the key things that's pretty apparent with you is that you kept your body fat very low during this process as well. And therefore your overall strength or power to weight ratio has continued to improve. Like, you know, if you just look at those progress photos from last January to this January, it's a, it's a monumental difference. It's actually huge. So is what do you say, like the key things you've you've done there to help support that muscle building process? Is there any key things you've been focusing on from, you know, a overall calorie intake, carbohydrate periodization intake, protein, anything like that? Yes, definitely an increase in calories overall. Um, def- like, I've been really... 
like, yes, the cars have definitely went up because the calories have went up, but I've been really, really strict on not just multiple protein hits throughout the day, but the quality of the protein. So like in the morning, you know, I'll have the same thing and stuff like that. And it can continue throughout the day, but I'll try to stick with real foods instead of just a lot of different supplements. And I really think that's played a big, a big effect into the muscle growth process. Yeah, absolutely. So two key things there straight away is food quality and food quantity. Not necessarily mm-hmm. this over-reliance on supplementation, shakes and stuff like that. It's eating high quality food. And one of the things you mentioned there is the multiple protein hits throughout the day to stimulate muscle synthesis. Um, so it's not that if it fits your macros approach where you have your calorie goal and your macro goal and then just hit those numbers in any way, shape or form, you're still looking at those extra layers on top of that food quality multiple protein hits throughout the day all that kind of good stuff so just to kind of look into your eating a little bit more now then so what would a typical training day look like for you in terms of one your training and then how does that coincide with your eating as well to support that okay so typical training day it's definitely a high high amount of calories um depends on the day so if i have a morning team session or a technical session or even just a running session and an afternoon lift that'll definitely average between you know 3700 and 4000 calories so like in terms of that um my breakfast always stays the same um it's always like full of oats you know some toppings and then a side of fruit whether it's banana or orange um and then a shake and then that shake is like a vegan protein powder just six butter in my stomach uh, mixed with water uh, a scoop of beta alanine scoop of creatine and a scoop of collagen powder as well so that's that's that in terms of supplementation that is what i've been doing for probably six to eight months now like that that's my protein source in the morning um then i would train and then i would have like a lunch of probably just something simple chicken and rice canned tuna and rice maybe some olive oil on top and then that's when the carb refeed starts so i would like do my yoga shower after the session eat then each hour i would have that 70 to 80 grams of carbs whether it's within oatmeal or i would consume a lot of bagels and things like that because that's a very very high calorie day and i would have to eat some light foods um, and then as the day goes on, I still try to stick with real quality foods, whether it's oats or rice or something like that. The protein source to me, you know, a grilled chicken breast to me is lighter on my stomach than a protein bar. So I really try to stick with the lighter foods. So after like your hard kind of sports specific sessions in the morning, which probably has a greater level of depletion. Um, you really focus on that recovery period after in terms of getting carbohydrates in every hour for that first perhaps three to four hours. Yes. Cool. How, how do you feel that benefits you in terms of recovery? Do you notice the difference back end of the day or the next day in terms of like that spring in your step and how you kind of move? Yeah. So after, so say if I have a lift that same day in the afternoon or just a whole another session, like you still feel kind of like brand new. You still feel fresh. It's like when you have that much food in you, like obviously you have to eat it in lighter versions. So you can't eat in very, very high, like fiber contents and things like that. So like when I have that carb refeed in me, when I go into my next session, it feels like it's my first session of the day. I still have this spring in my step, still feel really, really good. And it's not just physically, it's mentally as well. So when you know you have that amount of carbs in you, you know, you're going to perform. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes back down to that repeatability, not just repeatability of your performance within the session itself, so you don't so you start strong and then maintain capacity, but also for the back end of the day, you got the repeatability to to go again. 
and just ready for anything essentially whether it's a another team training session whether it's an snc session a sprint session you're good to go um so yeah that that's absolutely that's absolutely awesome so how do you um sort of like track your food i like i know we've done meal plans meal plans my fitness pal and stuff like that intuitive based eating like what would you feel works best for you and perhaps why yeah i've been using like i have a really really good idea now like i wouldn't i don't think i would have to track my calories every time on my fitness pal but i do it anyways because when i have those high training days you really catch yourself under eating a lot because you really don't know how many like obviously for those four hours I would have never refed carbs like that if I'd never worked with you. So um, definitely my fitness pal. I usually stick with the same food groups on those higher days. So with sports specific foods, like you like to say, like Rice Krispie Squares and stuff like that. I've tried cereal bars. I try things like that. But to me, a better thing that suits my stomach is more like breads, bagels and stuff like that. So I try to stick with those food groups. Um also, I try to stick with for my main meals like rice and things like that because it's extremely light on my stomach. Um, but yeah, in terms of tracking, I would definitely plan ahead. Like I would definitely know, you know, kind of like a weekly plan, like this day, this is this many calories. You know, this day, this is this many calories. And then you know, right, this is what I need to be eating at this time. This is what I need to be eating at this time. Yeah, absolutely. So even though you've gone through like the meal planning, the my fitness pal side of things and all that kind of stuff, it all starts with just having a, having your own plan of action in place. So on that Sunday night or Monday morning, looking at the week ahead, seeing what training sessions you have, what the overall demand is of that day, and therefore what calorie intake you need for that day, and then periodize everything accordingly, essentially. Exactly, yes. Uh, a point you've mentioned, here, which is quite nice, is looking at specific foods to make sure you just feel light, shall we say because I chat about this last week um, with Josh Bassett and basically looking at these sports-specific foods because, one, if you're just having, so to say, quote-unquote, healthy food all the time, like, you're going to feel, because re- it's low energy density and offer, like, a large food volume, you're just going to be full all the time, a lot of food is sitting heavy in your stomach, and you're just not going to feel great at all. And then secondly, you're going to be very full. Uh, and therefore your desire to eat is going to be reduced and you're going to be under eating, under fueling, under recovering. And that in fact is going to be worse. So sometimes, or most of the times for these high calorie intakes, high carb intakes, you need to be having lots of breads, lots of bagels, cereal bars, things like that, because they're very high energy density, low fiber, and um, you can just get them in a, a lot nicer. And again, they just sit heavy in the stomach. And even with those sports specific foods in there, you're still having these nice kind of pillar meals, which is good quality food. So you're still getting a good, lot of good nutrition, a lot of quality in there in terms of micronutrient status. Uh, it's going to be good. And fiber intake is going to be reasonable as well. But it's finding that right balance based on what demand you have in that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So how, how does your training day differ to a rest day then? then? Big time. Yeah, definitely. It definitely differs. So, yeah, in terms of a rest day, the calories are way lower, like it shoots down. So that would definitely be a day of a lot of nutrient-dense foods. The fiber would be way higher because when you're used to eating that huge chunk of calories, you know, when it drops that much, you're probably going to have the same appetite. You're probably going to look forward to eating that much food again, like when you finally adapt to it. So like the food intake, so for in the morning, I actually wouldn't 
I would have a really bigger bowl of oatmeal in the morning rather than like the fruit or toast on the side and stuff like that, because you really want to promote that fullness the rest of the day. Um, in terms of lunch, lunch usually stays the same. I am a bit more flexible on left or uh, rest days uh, just because it's good for your mind. And I think it's really, 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 really good to be flexible um, in terms of anything really. Um, yeah, especially for lunch and dinner, I will try to add a bit more vegetables because like on a training day, it's probably not the best. Like, just like you said, to have like very, very low fiber content on training days. Um, you don't want any gush, gut issues or anything. So whereas like on a rest day, you can add that that volume and promote that fullness. So we even now gone into the extent of periodizing your fiber intake as well. So not only just periodizing carbohydrates, we're periodizing fiber. So essentially we can almost make a little bit of a rule when carb intake is mega high, veggie and fiber intake tries to stay a little bit lower. And then when carb intake is lower, then veggie and fiber intake starts to get a little bit higher. So your overall level of fullness and food volume on your plate is roughly the same. Yes. Cool, cool. So what, what rough, roughly what kind of calories uh, are we hitting on a rest day? So on a rest day, it's definitely between, since I'm still in that muscle growth stage, it's between 2,700 and 3,000, kind of vary between that. I don't like hitting an exact number on rest days because I do like to be flexible with it. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I still hit my same protein hits. I still hit the five protein hits a day. Uh, that's very, very important. I mean, you're resting, your muscles are rebuilding, so you still need the protein in the system. And also on rest days, I try to, besides maybe one time in the day, which is in the morning, I still have the shake. The rest of my meals throughout the day, I try to do it through natural real food. I don't try to take any supplementation because that like natural protein sources should fill you up a bit more. Yeah, 100%. No, it's really good to see how, like, again, just come from the planning and periodization side of things, you're using specific foods as for, for a purpose for that day based on your own preferences, your training demands and stuff like that. So from the supplementation side of things, you mentioned creating beta alanine. Is there any other things you look at just from the training week side of things? Um, to be fair, no. So I have, I have that shake every morning. Um, I do take the collagen powder just for like pre-session uh, for like tendons and joints. Yes. Um, I only take that before if I'm on a training day. I don't take that on a rest day because that's yes. only when it's beneficial. Um, in terms of other supplements, the only thing I could possibly say is maybe some fish oils. Um, I'm a big believer in like, you know, eating fish and stuff like that. Like I'm, I really, really like it. So when I don't, I don't consume fish every day. So I do, I've been taking fish oils for shoot, maybe three, four years, maybe now. Yeah. Awesome. That, that's cool. So I know um, you like, you're very scheduled and regimented in what you do. Like what, what does a typical day look like for you? Because listeners may just think like you just do two sessions, maybe three sessions, get your macros in uh, and job done. But what else have you got going on in terms of like your own development, whether it's reading, whether it's learning, um, sleep routines, all that kind of stuff? So in terms of the day, so I'm in an off-season stage right now. Um, I, would eat, I would have my breakfast or I would wake up and have my breakfast straight away. Um, and then I would read a couple pages of a book. I don't actually like plan like I have to read these 10 pages. No, I just read a couple pages. Um, I do like to read. I like to write every single morning. Um, doesn't matter what it is. It could be, I do do my writing right after I do the reading. So if I learn something in the book, I'll write it down. If something's on my mind, I'll write it down or I'll literally just rewrite my goals. And then I read a book. I 
I want to say his the author is Stephen Covey. Um, he talks yes. about mission statements. Yeah, Stephen Covey. He talked about mission statements and how you know you have to begin with the end in mind. So sometimes I'll just rewrite that. Um, so that would come back to right. I want to be a top top footballer and stuff like that. And that kind of just kind of like reframes why I do things, not why other people do things. Um, and then I would go. I would take um, a very short hot shower. Then I would do my session. But before I would do session, I would always have coffee. I always, always have a cup of coffee. It could be a gym session, training session, a run. Just That's just my staple. That's how I prepare. Do the session. Right after the session, I do my yoga routine. After the yoga routine, then I would eat. After I eat the meal, then I would do my cold therapy or contrast therapy, depending on the session, um, which is either in shower or ice bath form. Um, and then after that, that's when I do my car refeed. So I actually don't wait a full hour for the car refeed. I would probably wait for the first one. I actually would only wait 30 to 40 minutes because I have a pretty bad appetite. I do like to eat. So I would just start it straight away. And then I would start that hour after that 30 minutes. Um, and then after that, the next session I do depends. So if it's an upper session in the gym, I would actually do it maybe only a couple, maybe four hours after the first session. Um, if it's you know a bit heavier session, if it's a full body session, I would definitely get that next meal. So I would call it, I would just call it knowing like 3 p.m. meal. I would get that meal in. Then I would do the session probably about an hour after. But in terms of that time frame when I'm doing that carb refeed, it depends. So since since now I'm home and I'm in an all-season state, I would either do some stuff for my mom or my dad. Um, I'd flip through my laptop or something like that. I'd do, I'd go on YouTube, write random things down. Um, I've actually made, in my free time, I've been doing eBooks. So I've made my own like muscle growth type of eBook. Um, I'm now doing like a fat loss ebook. So that's kind of like stuff I do on my free time. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I would do the session after the session, depending on the session. Like if I had another leg, I would do maybe a slight bit of yoga. Um, still do the same. Like I would have my meal ready. I would go through the contrast therapy, uh, whether it's cold shower, ice bath. And then the rest of the night, kind of just chill out, maybe watch some Netflix or something and kind of just switch off. Yeah, that's cool. Really important to have that time frame in the evening, just to unwind, switch off and, uh, you know, recalibrate and, uh, yeah, make sure you're in a good position going into the next day, which is great. Really love the fact that you're getting your journaling done before, like, session one, do a little bit of reading, reflect on it, and then just put down that mission statement, like, knowing your why and why you're doing it. Because I'm sure there's some days that you wake up a little bit beat up, a little bit tired, and, you know, get it going is perhaps a little bit slower, even with that coffee in here. Yeah. Um, so just writing <laughs> stuff like that down, it's like, right, this is why I'm doing it. Just turn up and just get the work done. We know how process-driven you are. Um, also, we've got this big outcome goal we want, which is absolutely incredible. But just taking off those daily non-negotiables is just tick, 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 tick. And this really just comes down to your why. And just knowing the why, writing it down will just help you just go through the day the much more clarity a lot more focus than perhaps just like just ticking the box for the sake of ticking the box there's real like focus and intent in there you know mm, yeah 100 cool so obviously you're in um sort of like off season now when you are playing how does game day nutrition look for you match day nutrition look for you match day nutrition so say we can it depends on the kickoff the time of the kickoff so obviously the day before you would have the big car load and stuff like that. But when I wake up that morning and match day, let's say it's 3 p.m. kickoff, like an average kind of time for it. The morning, I would probably eat. So like I do your law of halves, but I would probably start that. So six hours ahead would be 
9 a.m. I'd probably start my first meal at 8.30 a.m. And I would honestly have very similar breakfast what I already do, but I would do like a smaller bowl of oats. I would still add things like peanut butter and stuff just because I like that fullness. Um, but it would just be smaller. Then I would do like two slices of toast, maybe like some honey or jam on it. Um, I'd have a banana and I would have the same shake. And then 12 p.m., which is three hours pre-kickoff, I would always have like a wrap. So I'd make just regular tortilla, um, some white rice, and then some chicken because it's extremely light. I don't do any sauces or anything. Um, I try to stay away from that before a game. Um, and then about an hour and a half, so like 1.30, I would have like a little either a cereal bar or an SIS energy bar on the science and sport brand. And sometimes I actually wouldn't have that. So I actually, the hour and a half before I actually go off how I feel. So if I actually feel full, I'm not going to force myself to eat something because I'm about to play a 90 minute game. Whereas like, if I actually do feel like, right, I need that, I'm going to eat it. So I pack in my bag anyways, just in case. And then right after I consume that, that's about an hour and a half before, then I'll have my coffee. So I always have coffee, like game training, gym session. It doesn't matter. It's, it's got to be, it's got to be that. Like I have to have that cup of coffee. And then right before the game, I wouldn't have any, anything to be fair. Like I wouldn't have any gummy bears. I used to have gummy bears, but um, I stopped doing that. Um, I just feel better. Um, I just, I like to eat heavier than that before big size breakfast. And I really like to taper it big time. And then like during halftime, I'd have like Lucasade or Gatorade or some energy gels. Yeah. I, I, absolutely awesome. That, that's really cool. So game day nutrition or match day nutrition, there's nothing fancy there at all. It's sticking with what, you know, you know, you tolerate it, to, you tolerate it well. And uh, you know, it's going to have a nice outcome going into the match itself. So love the, that law of halves, like starting big and then tapering it in. There's loads of ways you can approach this, but in terms of that, perhaps a six hour, three hours, 1.5, it could be four, two, one, whatever mm -hmm. it is, as long as we start big and tapering, that is the main principle behind it. And that last kind of 90 minute kind of snack, that's an optional top up. If you want to have a banana in there, a cereal bar, that's great. If you feel like you need a little bit more, then put a little bit more in there essentially with a good carbohydrate load the day before, you should wake up with the carbohydrate stores, so your collection stores in the muscle, pretty much topped up. They're not necessarily going to go down unless you do some kind of movement while you sleep, whether you're contracting your muscles hard while you sleep. They, they shouldn't really go down. Uh, but your liver collection will go down when you sleep to help regulate your blood sugars uh, overnight. So that carbohydrates in the morning, are they really just to replenish liver glycogen? and uh, support any kind of movements you have in the day. So we don't have to go too crazy with game day nutrition or match day nutrition mm -hmm. at all, because they're all heavy lifting's done the day before. So what are your main go-tos for carbohydrates the day before? So how much do you aim for? And then what do you go for? What's your like your go-to meals? What do you like having? So definitely the how much I go for, it definitely depends on training the day before. So if I have a session, obviously it would definitely increase. But say if my rest day, say if I don't have a session and I do like a pregame lift or something just to get the muscles snappy and stuff like that. Like, so my calories would go from 2,900 from a rest day average to probably say if I only burn 100 or 200 calories in the pregame lift, then I would go to 3,100. But then you have to add the extra carbs. So it'd probably be between 32 and 3,300 calories the day before. Um, and that extra calories would definitely be a huge carb lift. So in terms of the, the whole day before, I would eat very similar meals. I actually wouldn't change anything because I feel like I, I honestly believe in preparing the same way you do for training. Like if you're going to 
you feel there's a lot of players out there that feel so good in training, but they feel heavy in games because of change in your process. Like don't, don't change your process. Just keep it the same. If you think about it, yeah, games more fast paced, you're a bit more switched on, but if you just prepare the same way, you're going to feel the same in the game. If that makes sense. So the only thing I would change is I would have a lot of pasta the night before. Pasta just, it's really filling. You know what I mean? I would have a side of bread and stuff like that. Wouldn't have any vegetables. I would have obviously some kind of sauce and some chicken, but I would have a mountain big plate of pasta. That's the only thing that changes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So again, it's that, when the carbohydrates are going high, you bring in fiber and take down for sure. So you're yes. not getting overly full, overly bloated and things like that. Um, what do you typically do with your fat intake? Not just for game day, match day minus one, but throughout the course week, do you typically go uh, a lower kind of fat to allocate more carbohydrates within the calorie goal? How do you tend to approach that? Yeah, so the fat intake would depend on the day as well. For So we'll get to rest days, but for like training days, so say if it's a pre-game, like the day before a game, definitely the fat intake will go down. I really try to have as many calories as I can in carbs because that's what I'm going to be using in the game. So, you know, that's why I said like for the next day, it's nothing special on game day nutrition. That's why I don't really technically always have that hour and a half pre-snack before the game because I've already done, like you said, the heavy lifting. I've already done all the carbs the day before. So in terms of fat, it's very low on the game day itself the fat is low i don't get me wrong i still have like peanut butter on my oatmeal and stuff that morning just because i I do it every day so i don't want to change it but for that lunch it's probably like two grams of fat because it's no sauce or anything there's no i use olive oil spray i don't use real olive oil when i cook it like it's very very minimal yeah so it's quite nice you see um again just reflecting back to last week with josh bassett uh who's a rugby player for wasps he is pre-game uh, meal is pretty much half a chicken breast and some boiled rice. That's it. <laughs> yeah. it. It's so, so bland and so boring, but, you know, has full confidence and that is going to sit well and you're going to feel good from it. Um, so again, it's no time to get fancy with recipes, trying new things. And like you do, it's just basically, you know, what works well for you in training. You feel amazing with it. So why why reinvent the wheel for the weekend let's keep this yeah. in but just the portions based on uh the the game the match itself so that's really cool so you mentioned half time um looking at gels and drinks and stuff what do you have a typical sort of half time kind of strategy you go for or is it again based yeah, on how, so how you feel and what you need yeah definitely get the fluid in first so i definitely have a couple of sips of lucas age straight away obviously it depends on what environment you're playing in so if you're, say if I was in, if I'm in a cold environment, I actually wouldn't drink too much fluid. I'd save some room in my stomach for the, the SIS caffeine energy gel. It's like 75 milligrams of caffeine. I think it's like 21 carb. Um, it's very, very light in my stomach. It gives me a boost for the next half. But if I was playing in a very, say for the summertime, I was playing in a very warm environment. I don't think I'd have that. I'd have some kind of, I would have a lot more of the Lucozade because you just sweated out a lot of sodium. You know what I mean? And you really need that a lot more when I would have caffeine, maybe in a liquid form, not technically a gel form. Cause I, I really believe that if you're in a very hot environment, maybe gels won't like for me personally, they don't sit well in my stomach when I'm, when it's very, very hot out. That, that's interesting. We know that, um, when you're running in the heat, you get increased gut permeability. So the intestinal walls become yeah more permeable. And that's when you have not necessarily like leaky gut, but, 
that's where you can have gastrointestinal distress. So I guess in that scenario you mentioned there, when you're playing really, really hard, high intensity, doing a lot of running, you're coming a lot of meters, um, you know, perhaps gut function isn't quite the same when compared to temperate kind of environments. Uh, yeah. So it's that, that's just, that's a really interesting uh, thing to know and, and notice. So in terms of your water bottle uh, during the game, what, what do you have in it? Is it water? Is it electrolytes? Is it carb drinks? Or what would you typically go for? To be fair, if it was during the game, it would definitely just be water. But I would only save, I'm just a big fan of just say if I were to take a sip, it was 20 minutes into the game and I had like a, a drink of water or something, I would just have water straight up. I would only have the leucosate at halftime because for me, like even even when I have some leucosate, it does promote that little fullness. So I like having just normal water right before the game, during the game. I save the leucosate for halftime to give it that 10 minutes to kind of digest and kind of sit. Before the game, I don't have leucosate. I just stick with water. I'm really like, I've, I've trialed an air with a couple of things. But that's what I've been doing for the past year. Or so I just start with water and it's just been working for me really, really well. Yeah, amazing. That that's cool. As long as uh yeah, there's some fluids going in, that that is the most important thing. Yeah. Um so from like the supplementation side of things on game day or match day, do you introduce anything new? Do you change anything? Do you have any specific strategies around the day? You mentioned there'd be caffeine through coffee. Is there anything else you typically do or um no, the only the only thing I could say is I do have that um the shake. So the shake in the morning, obviously the alanine, the beta alanine, the creatine, I still, still have the collagen. Um, right before the game, I've experimented on and off with caffeine gum. So it works extremely well. But again, I, going back to what I said, I prepared training with coffee. So I just stuck with coffee for games. It just, it feels, it just feels the best for me. Yeah. And it's that level of familiarity there. And mm. I know some players like they put so much emphasis on supplementation and pre-match routines and things like yeah. that. And if something doesn't quite go right, then, you know, they have a terrible game. It just messes with their head where if you have less strategies and supplementation reliance for a game, then it replicates training. And, you know, if you play awesome in training, then you can be awesome on match day itself yeah exactly so that, that that's cool so straight after a game what do you do from the recovery side of things so straight after a game i'd still treat it like training like when i get back not i wouldn't say on the pitch there and stuff like that but when i get back to my apartment i do my yoga routine um but before all of that starts that whole recovery process i've always prepped i prep my own food everywhere i go so like right after the game i would either have literally like a chicken breast and some pasta in like a full bagel or two bagels because depends what position I am. So most of the time I would play center mid, sometimes center back. If I'm center mid, that's a very high amount of food that I have to put back because of the kilometers I'm putting down. If I'm center back, it's still a decent amount of calories burning. So I'd always prep like chicken and pasta or chicken and rice. And then sometimes some bread on the side, depending. When I get back, I would do I'd do my same exact yoga routine, just like after training. Then I would, I would do my cold therapy. Um, and then I would definitely have I'd have car like a big plate of something, some source of carbs. So usually I've experimented with this. Sometimes right after a game, I'd have chocolate milk and then have that big meal when I get back. But I like having a big meal straight after. So that's why I prep the chicken and pasta and stuff like that. I definitely put fluid in me straight away, put down like a full, full bottle of water. And then I would treat post game just like a carb refeed after training. I would have the carbs, you know, every every hour after that first meal and 
just continue from there. Yeah, amazing. So what I actually love there, and it's really pleasing to hear as a coach, is that you're, again, planning and preparing your food to take with you. Is not reliant on the club to provide anything. Is not grabbing anything from a service station on the way home. It's you taking responsibility, you prepping your meals, you having the food available there in the right portions that is going to support your recovery. So that is absolutely awesome. And again, just highlighting our first phase of glycogen replenishment in the first three to four hours after depleting, demanding exercise, we can accelerate recovery there. So again, you kind of know that, you acknowledge it, you do it in your training, you do it after game. We know we can put more carbohydrates in the muscles within that period. And you do a lot of the heavy lifting of the recovery there, which is absolutely cool. So just out of interest within, just on that aspect, because you mentioned it a few times here, What's the main, sorry, when you didn't do this, so prior to like start implementing this kind of first phase of recovery, how did you, how do you feel? Like what's the, what's very, the difference? Very fatigued. So like if I don't have that refeed of carbs, I, you, it's crazy because you feel, if I, before I started with you, I didn't know there was, there was that whole nother level of freshness. You know what I mean? Whereas like now that I'm doing that, you really feel like the next day after a game, still feel like I can just go into a session just because I did that carb refeed. So it's literally the same concept. Yeah. Amazing. So a lot of people will struggle with appetite straight after game match or yeah. race event or something like that. Uh, you're quite fortunate. I think where you can literally just finish a <laughs> game and just bang in a load of pasta, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter how we get those carbohydrates in, whether it's through solid foods, semi-solid or liquid nutrition, it's just getting it in. And that's why just finding what works for you. You mentioned like you tried the chocolate milk, the Yazoo's didn't quite work. That's okay. We know that tool probably isn't going to be best for you, but we know that solid foods are going to be better. So yeah, that, that's absolutely awesome. That's that's really cool. And uh, what do you tend to do like day after? Um, you said you feel fresh, you feel brand new. Uh, do you typically train? Do you just chill out? Do you have any specific recovery protocols you go to? Or um, No, I, I do like a full day. I do like a full day off. Um, I, you know, years ago, I tried to do active recovery, get on the bike, maybe do some upper body stuff, but I, I do like to kind of chill out the day after a game. Um, to me, a full rest day is the best. Um, in terms of my eating, I'm quite flexible. So I, I always stay in that range between 2,700 and 3,000 calories on rest days, but I'm very flexible. So after a game, like, again, I still have the same breakfast, but, for lunch, I'll eat out somewhere. For that 3 p.m. meal, I'll eat out somewhere. But it all revolves around nutrient-dense foods. So I'll get a wrap from somewhere. I'll get a burrito from this place. I'll get an acai bowl or a smoothie from this place. And then I was in there kind of cooking dinner. But I, I started, to be fair, for the past four to five months when I was in that season, I tried to have a steak the day after. Um, I guess just mentally, I was like, yeah, I need to have, I'd like to have a steak. It's good fullness. There was a place down the street, like sometimes they cook it, but there was a place, like Italian place down the street, actually. And I always had a steak, roasted garlic potatoes and vegetables. It just satisfied me so much. It felt so good. So that, that's kind of what I've stuck to the day after games. Yeah, amazing. I remember when you um, sent that across to me, that picture. And uh, yeah. <laughs> like usually when you go to Italian, you get pizza and pasta and you go for a steak. <laughs> I was like, dude, what's going on there? <laughs> it, it was class. It was cool. So you yeah. mentioned, so it's what's really interesting with you is that you're so structured, so disciplined in what you're doing in terms of prepping everything, planning everything, making it. 
but then you still have this nice level of flexibility with the food as well, which is absolutely amazing. So how do you balance like the, the social going out eating for food with performance and with body composition as well? Because again, if people look your kind of progress photos, your transformation, dude, you're lean. And what was actually amazing, yeah. the, the other week you had a, a photo shoot, didn't you? And, yeah. Uh, it was like messaging me 24 hours like oh dude i got this uh like a uh, photo shoot uh in the morning uh, and i was like yeah dude you're absolutely ready like most models are like <laughs> for like a topless photo shoot like most models will have like a six to 12 week kind of prep then to all these last minute fine-tuning strategies to get in like absolutely spot on condition and you're like you're in a gaining phase <laughs> you know you're on four thousand calories a day it's like yeah, bro, I got a photo shoot in the morning and you're fucking shredded. Like, you know, it's it's like, yeah, just eat some carbohydrates, more carbs, and you're good to go. Yeah, it should be all right. <laughs> it's absolutely cool. So, you know, you're holding that level of condition, like, dude, like, year round. So how are you balancing, like, the social, the body composition, the performance? Is there anything uh, you potentially look at or, like, what would you typically do here? Okay, so that's, like, a big topic, a topic but, like, it, there is a big fair value of discipline that plays into that. Obviously you have to have a sort of discipline, but I will say that I, there's no, like, and you tell me all the time, like when I first started with you, don't technically call it like cheat days, cheat meals, just be flexible. So if you have a family outing or a family, big family dinner, or you're going out to eat. So there's a couple of different scenarios for a big family dinner. I'm for sure knowing hundred percent what is going to be there. What can I have? hours ahead of time you know what i mean so you have a full day so it depends on the training as well if i have a high training day i'll be quite flexible i'll, I'll you know I'll eat the food that they have and stuff like that because i know it's probably not going to make a dent to me at all um you know depending on the calories that i eat but if it's a rest day and it's a family dinner then i would know right i need to know what they're having so i would i always stick with the healthier option but say if it really say if there's no healthy food it's all fattening food and stuff I, this is what i would actually do I would actually have something to eat before I even go. So whether that's a bowl of oats or some whole grain toast or something like that, just to promote some type of fullness before I leave. So I know for sure I'm not going to want to have this huge plate of food because in the past I've tried saving calories. I've tried doing this. I've tried doing this to be fair. When I save calories for the end of the day, it actually makes me starving when I'm like at that family dinner and I have seconds all the time. And the next morning you just feel like, you feel like shit because you're like, why did I do that? Whereas if you have, if you eat normally and you have something, you know, if you have like a bowl of oatmeal or something before you go, you're going to, you're going to be somewhat full going into the dinner and you're not going to want to have this huge portion of food. So that's kind of the staple I've put to myself. Um, and it's worked extremely well. It doesn't sound like it works, but for me, like it's all about the psychological part. Like it really works. Um, in terms of going out to eat at a restaurant, I would definitely look at the menu hours before I would know what they had. I've made the staple to myself. It goes back to what you said about Italian food. You usually eat pizza, pizza and pasta, but everywhere I go, I always, always, always have the protein rich meals that they would provide. So if it's an Italian, I've been eating steak or fish at an Italian restaurant all the time because most Italian restaurants, nine times out of 10, all the sauces are very, very thick cream filled, you know what I mean? Loads of fat and it's good to be flexible, but in terms of where I, my personal goals, I don't need to be consuming all that. I'm very, very, very satisfied with having a steak and potatoes and stuff like that. But 
if it's a, if it's a very high calorie day and I know I have training the next day and I need that carb content, um, I would, I wouldn't be so much strict. So I would make sure I have some type of carb source at a family dinner, some type of carb source at the restaurant, whether it's, I've asked, sometimes I've asked for plain rice on the side or plain pasta. Like I am extremely disciplined with that. There was a family dinner that we've had where I've asked my mom, she did like mashed potatoes and stuff. Mom, if you don't mind, can you please just give me like a plain baked potato or something like that? You don't have to tell anybody. You know what I mean? Like I am very disciplined about it. Um, yeah, it, it just depends. It depends what your individual value is. It depends what you what your goals are. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it's like a, a like a consistent theme running through here. Come down to that that planning. Even if you're gonna yeah. have more flexible based meals, socializing with friends, family you have a plan in place you look at the menu you ask what foods are available and you make the necessary adjustments based on that and based on your previous experiences as well and an interesting point you put there with um and i put my hands up i i've done this many times before we have tried to save huge amount of calories throughout the day maybe even trained quite hard for the day as well to save even more calories and then yeah. that almost just sets me up for failure when i actually go out to eat because my mm. food focus is through the roof. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like a very rich eating environment and I'm literally just piling yeah. in calories. So I maybe think I'm doing well by saving a thousand calories before I go out, but I'm actually putting in more than a thousand calories in addition when I'm actually there. So not only are you having a miserable day leading up to it because you're so hungry and your energy levels are through the floor, then you kind of got that guilt associated with it after because you've gone off plan um so yeah i completely understand where you come from there and it's it's really interesting now how you're preempting that you're putting in some food before you actually go out to manage your calorie intake whilst you are in a restaurant or with the family and stuff which is absolutely amazing so in, in terms of like changes uh we talk about your transformation uh especially this year which is absolutely cool so even if you go back say pre-working together like two plus years yeah. ago and now from the nutrition and perhaps lifestyle side of things, is there any kind of key things you can pick out? Are there the main differences you've changed and worked on? Yes. The number one is definitely carbon take that I'll never forget it. When you, when we had our first call or actually maybe our second call, the first call you're introducing me second call, it was like, right on this day, you need to increase your carbs by 600 calories. And I'm thinking like, what the hell? Like I was like, there's no way I'm eating that much food, but I did it in my body composition did not change whatsoever. It stayed exactly the same. It extremely helped performance. So the overall carb intake was definitely something that that was the biggest change. That was 100% the biggest one. Um, another one is the protein intake. So I wasn't having any, I think I was only having average three to three to four, maybe. Um, and they weren't all quality sources. So I was quite like, I was very strict on my physique coming in or it didn't have a any type of muscle mass, I was just like, I tried to stay lean because I always thought like leaner you are, the better football you are, that kind of frame of mind. And I was only having like three protein hits. I didn't have protein with my breakfast. I didn't have pre-bed protein. So when you introduce both of those to me, that didn't just promote fullness and help me pretty much feel better, but it also really hit that muscle protein synthesis just 10 times more. I mean, it's really, really good. Yeah, like I definitely bang on about the importance of carbohydrates, but I still feel like athletes perhaps don't still kind of grasp how much they actually need to be eaten to yeah. really sort of maximize performance and recovery. 
and that kind of fueling equals recovery equals fueling kind of paradigm is so so important something you're experiencing to a very high extent now and uh yeah i remember that call, that call as well i was like dude we need to get more carbohydrates in here it's like this is where i want to get you to and i can i remember that little bit of like skepticism there it's like dude am i not gonna am i not gonna gain body fat here and we put so much food in and you just got leaner <laughs> yeah i literally did <laughs> all right so yeah, that's that that is really really good to see um so in terms of like your you mentioned discipline there so with discipline then you must have some non-negotiables so do you have any yeah. kind of daily non-negotiables that uh you, yeah you write down take off or kind of look to kind of use on a daily basis is that in terms of my life lifestyle or nutrition i guess just in general really whether it's lifestyle whether it's nutrition um okay yeah definitely yeah definitely have quite a few that are i've written down probably like two or three years ago that I've really stuck with. I always think about those types of things too, because really important for like that long-term, long-term growth. Um, I really believe in that, you know, that 0.01%, it's going to make some type of difference. So, you know, some non-negotiables for near, definitely read something every day. It doesn't matter what it is. It just keeps, to me, it's not just about reading, gaining knowledge from that specific book, but reading really helps you like, expand it helps you think of other ways like can i do this in life can i do this in life you know what i mean and it really kind of expands the mind of it definitely write something every morning like we talked about the journaling part i mean i've been doing that for definitely two years solid that i really really like that i'm going to continue to do that hopefully for the rest of my life um some other non-negotiables in terms of nutrition uh since now i'm in an off season every single meal has got to have some type of fruit or vegetable in it so Say if it's a really high calorie day, even in the refeeds, I'll I'll still say if it's 70 grams of carbs the next hour after lunch, I'll still throw in a banana and orange with oatmeal or bagels or bread. I'd really want to increase that nutrient content. Um, I think it's really, really important, not just for how you feel, but again, that 0.01% a year from now, that can help me somehow, some way, some shape or form. Um, some other non-negotiables. I would say hydration. That is something that I really changed when I started working with you. Like I, I love, I like coffee. I like things like that. But in terms of just water, plain water, I've increased that by a long shot. I was probably only consuming 40 fluid ounces a day, not including coffee, but just plain water. Now, like plain water, I'm at 60 to 70. Then you add in your, you know, your coffees and stuff like that. Um, pre-bed. I used to have pre-bed routines, but for me, I used to try to meditate. I used to try to do this, this, and this. But for me, I like to just literally lay down, watch some TV. Um, like I, I pray and stuff like that. And then I'll go to sleep. So like I, I tried to read. I tried to do this, this, try to promote and help sleep. Those things help. But for me individually, for my individual needs, they just don't, they don't play a big, big role in my sleep. Usually I just like to watch TV and go straight to sleep yeah that, that, that's really cool again it just comes down to that trial now just exploring is like right these are perhaps some things that we could recommend and try within our toolbox to promote sleep if it's complement sleep then keep with it if it's yeah. worse than sleep or just feel like it doesn't quite doesn't quite click and it feels quite forced and it almost gives you more overwhelmed going to sleep than actually uh, allowing you to relax and switch off then you know it's just a no-go so and that's the thing you're always looking to explore different things like right what works for me what doesn't work for me 
uh, and then just make up your own decision based on your experience, which is yeah, which is absolutely awesome. So, going into a final question today. So, for an athlete, any athlete from a variety of different sports, whether team-based sports, whether combat sports, endurance, um, what kind of like advice would you give them from a lifestyle and nutrition perspective? Um, what, what are the main things you would say to yourself, perhaps, I don't know, three to five years ago, if you are giving yourself advice? Okay. Um, all right. So besides the, besides the viewpoint of the carbs and stuff like that, some general advice, I will, I'll start with a nutritional standpoint, have a staple breakfast in your diet. That isn't like something that's nutrient dense, something that's high in carbs, et cetera, but it's not just about that. It's about confidence. So when you have this breakfast and you consume it consistently, you know exactly how you're going to feel. You know exactly the calories that you just put in, but it's also the confidence booster going into your session. So when you have this breakfast and it makes you feel good, when you go into your session, your game, you're like, right, I'm going to kill this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to attack this session. You know, I'm going to get better. When you do that consistently, it, it's only going to increase your confidence over time. So it's just that 0.01%. You're going to get better and better and better and better. So to me, my staple breakfast is for literally probably for the past three years, I've always had oatmeal. I've always had oats, not every single morning, but every time I'm training, it's got to be oats, some fruit. Um, I didn't start obviously including a lot of protein until I, until I started working with you. But that's been my staple. It works for me. Not everybody likes oats. You can have cereal. You can have toast. It doesn't matter. Just have a staple breakfast. Um, and in terms of lifestyle, this is something that I think I've written down, like in my journaling, I've written down one time. You got to have a different desire in life. Like what do you actually want? You know, so don't go on social media. Look what this guy has. Look what she has. Look what he's doing. Like you got to have a different desire. Like what do you want to achieve? You know, define Matthew McConaughey says that define your own definition of success. And then you work backwards from that. And then Stephen Kobe, the author, talks about that a little bit. But then when you have that different desire, you're like, you make a plan. When you make a plan, then you execute, you take action. When you execute, you get a result, then you get some type of success. If that doesn't work, that doesn't mean you change your desire in the first place. You still be yourself. You still be you. You just change the plan. And then you keep rotating through that process. And eventually it's going to click. And when it clicks, then you just fly off from there. So that's kind of my lifestyle advice. Yeah. That, that is really cool and a nice different angle there as well. Um, I know I mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast already, but the most the most uh, apparent thing with you is just your level of discipline and consistency. Like, doesn't matter what curveballs life throws at you. And there have been a few of the last year, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> like, you are just always turning up and you're just always getting it done. You're always like, Chris, this is going on, but don't worry. I'm doing this, I've adapted this way, I've pivoted my plan this way, and you're just always getting it done, regardless of what's going on. You got your North Star, you're always heading towards it. Doesn't matter yeah. what gets thrown in the way, it's like you'll find a way to overcome and adapt accordingly. You don't bury your head in the sand, you don't say, Chris, this has happened. Um, yeah, I'm just not gonna do XYZ. It's like, okay, how can I overcome this? How can I still improve? You're always asking that question, like how to get better doesn't matter what's going on. Like you're back home in the States now. It's like, okay, slightly different scenarios, slightly different circumstances. Right, off season, how can I get better? And everything's in place and you're bang, bang, bang. And you're just getting everything mm. done. So yeah, dude, uh, from my 
perspective, my for my part, it's been absolutely, and it is absolutely awesome to work with you. It's uh, it's absolutely pleasure to see how you're progressing all the time. So, dude, th- thank you very much for for my part. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Thanks for having me as well. Cool. Awesome. Um, so yeah, again, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know you got a busy day training and uh, I think I was in between. So uh, yeah, absolutely awesome. Thank you very much. Really appreciate and value everything we covered today and uh, I'll chat to you very soon.